Now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello, I'm Andy Shilton, he, him, and welcome to Shout Out. And I'm Lara Lanamy, she, her. On today's show, we celebrate Prown Night. Oh God, pronouns <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, plus, we catch up with Hidaya and Steph speaks to uh, filmmaker Elegance Bratton about his film at Pier Kids. Oh, in the next hour, right here on Shout Out. <laughs> oh my god, I for- I've forgotten how back. to speak apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, the words just want to come out of my mouth. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it has like, been quite a while since we've been live, live together. Yeah. I think so. I got too excited. I was like, yay, it's Stephanie! So nice to have you back. I know, it's been so lovely. It's been so long. It has. But pronouns day. Yes. I've had it right this time. Yes. Pronouns day. Uh, that was, uh, it was probably uh, yesterday. It's the third Wednesday it, yeah. of October each year. Yeah. So or if you're listening um, on one of the stations. If you're listening tomorrow, then it'll be two dates. And yeah. if you're listening on Saturday, they're four to, and then Oh, Sunday. wow. Your maths. Officially this year it's the 20th um, So for, for us broadcasting this live It was yesterday Did you know they um, On the 20th they named Nas uh, In Atlanta they named the day That day after Nas as well Little Nas, Nas. Little Nas X Oh fantastic yeah, Oh god how out of touch are Brilliant you Brilliant rapper Yeah Wow Old Town Road Just wow Right okay He's like He's doing some amazing things With the yes. LGBT plus community Oh I'm like, sure I'm sure I'm not, I'm I'm sure not knocking him No just, no I'm sure you won't but I'm sure as soon as you get a look at him you won't want to start I think, <laughs> I think the uh, I think the mask he's wearing is draining him do you think mm. oh yeah I mean it's hard to hold like he's basically holding a whole like the cutie pock kind of like group yeah he is like he's how many prominent gay out proud men do you know in like the world especially in rap music in rap music yeah. and yeah. who's Fearlessly, yeah, he is fearless. like yeah. giving you like booty shaking men right in, and jiggling and yeah. kissing men on screen. You don't, you didn't, yeah. wouldn't have gotten that no. at all in the black community. And so he's he a lot of there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. Yeah, um, well, I'll be speaking to a, a brave man and a very beautiful man, um, mm. Elegance Branton later, mm. and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he him, yes. 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 Yeah. And, um, I do love think, the pronouns, think, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we ought to say what what it's about, really, because mm. you know, um, and not everybody identifies as uh, male or female. Nope. So you get he him, you get she her, but you also they get a they them, um, and there have been other ones, haven't there? There's been yeah. like a Z and a. There's there's uh, there's loads of other ones, and I do implore people to go and like explore them because there's a lot of knowledge out there about mm. different kinds of identities. Yeah. But yeah, but they, basically, then... don't don't make an assumption. You know, if, mm-hmm. if if someone wants to identify as you know are they them so it's one of the hard ones so we, we know this because when you're interviewing someone it's very natural to go he or she um, and when they're not and they're a they it can be quite 
quite harder to get your your mindset in, into saying it. But, I don't um, know about that because we use they singular all the time, and it's like Kim's like, oh my god, I don't know how to use it. You do. You use it every day in your language. It's just when someone asks you to say oh, it about them. Perhaps I'm just old. Then, yeah, no, you know, but it is, <laughs> and you can't use it old as an excuse. They don't think not to call you out, but like it's it is within our vocabulary. It's actually one of the only languages in the Romantic languages that you can actually easily switch it up and change it. Yeah. Others are lots a lot harder. So they and them is a very easy transition if you train your brain. So one of the things that I used to do is when I'm on my own, when I say he, him, and I'm or I misgender them, I'd say, no, 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 it's they, them. And I would correct myself in my own brain. So when I'm out, like saying it out loud, if I get it wrong, I correct myself almost immediately. Mm. And, it, and then she turns around and looks in the mirror and she goes, Lara, you look lovely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're gorgeous. But yeah, no, I think one of the yeah. things is like, if you do get it wrong, don't panic. No. Don't, don't no. make a faff. Just say, correct yourself and move on because no one wants that elephant in the room no. sitting on no. their chest. But the, the point is, that's what the day is about is is bringing to people's attention that you know there are more pronouns than just um he him um she her and and different people identify in different ways Mm. and it's important to you know educate yourself and and make sure you you well in like nigerian and like other tribes like they didn't even have this sense of gender like you were you you were and i cannot wait until we get to that euphoric day when everyone's like i don't care well we we apparently it was like that here um i remember um ella doing um a history piece for us and, and she was saying you know that this whole um idea of male and female is actually very modern by human standards mm-hmm. you know um if you go back um, a few centuries it wasn't there um mm, so it's ironic we were more enlightened when we were less enlightened if yeah. you get what i mean than, than, than we are now but yeah anyway uh, ch- check it out um it is on um, pronouncedday.org um if you want to read a bit more about it um and uh, and uh, for uh, all of you uh, uh, celebrate your pronouns so uh, anyway, yeah, Pat Show coming up. Uh, you're talking um, films and stuff, aren't you? Uh, um, Peer Kids. Peer Kids. It's a, it's a, it is a hard watch, as um, I should say later on in the interview. But I really implore anyone that um, wants to get their head around the, the hardships of the, the queer trans um, people of colour, and especially the kids. And um, mm. took took elegance 11 years to actually because he lived amongst them uh, for a while brave man brave man he was in the army he was very happy very happy to be interviewed by you wasn't he he was and (laughs) yeah um, and you also said um, uh, that um, he wished I'd known I was trans before the interview um, oh, right. but he says I feel that just through because we chatted after the interview for yeah. as long as the interview yeah. so it was quite a long chat and he said after this I think we can call each other friends and <laughs> I'm quite honoured to be oh, that man's nice. friend so. I mean like even just watching Pose and like what they had to go through on, on the piers and like around that area yeah it's, it's quite heartbreaking to know that that's a result of rejection and like bad family or like uh, unstable like upbringing it's, mm. it's just nicer to know that hopefully we're getting better at some point I hope so hmm. I think so I think I think definitely especially with you're the, still wonderful well thank you and still with the little Nazis <laughs> X's of the planet like I'm hoping we can grow to more better safety for trans people that's all I really yeah. want yeah. because yeah. As, as soon as you protect black trans people then you protect everyone else yeah 
Well, we'll we'll find out more about the film uh, coming up in a little bit, but uh, we're we're actually going to change topics slightly um, and catch up with Hidaya. I do love a bit of Hidaya. My five on shout out. Dear shout out radio listeners, my name's Osman. My pronouns are he him, and I identify as a gay Muslim man. I volunteer for an organisation called Hadaya, and our mission is to provide support for queer Muslims and promote social justice and education around the queer Muslim community to counter discrimination, prejudice and injustice. On today's segment, I want to talk about the UN Climate Summit and what COP26 means for the LGBTQ plus community. On the 31st of October this year, governments and negotiators from across the world will travel to the meeting in Scotland to discuss how to keep temperatures rising below dangerous levels and prevent climate crisis from causing even worse catastrophes for the world's poorest and most vulnerable people. LGBTQI plus Muslims should be environmental activists in my opinion, because like us as a community, the earth is often violated, exploited, bullied and killed. As Muslims, we are commanded by Allah to be stewards of the earth, and it is also recorded in so many different hadiths for us to protect the planet. One hadith mentions, if a Muslim plants a tree or sows seeds, then a bird or a person or an animal eats from it, it is regarded as sadaqah, which means charity. Another hadith mentions, whoever plants a tree or diligently looks after it until it matures and bears fruit is rewarded in heaven. There is also a whole chapter in the Quran named after the humble bee. Islam teaches its followers to take care of the earth. Muslims believe humans should act as guardians or caliph of the planet and that they will be held accountable for the mistreatment of the earth and its residents. A recent article by Friends of the Earth highlighted the impacts of climate change and how it disproportionately affects those who are already marginalised across the world, including LGBTQ plus people. Marginalised people are more likely to live in areas at more risk of climate change and are less likely to have access to resources or the ability to relocate. Times of crisis see LGBT folks marginalised even further. Trans people, especially trans people of colour, face heightened suffering at all stages of natural disasters, which are becoming more and more frequent uh, due to climate change. During Hurricane Katrina, trans people faced discrimination in emergency shelters and some were even turned away. Over a a decade later, the black gay community of New Orleans has yet to fully recover. Homeless people are particularly vulnerable to the erratic weather events brought by climate change. In the UK, 24% of homeless youth are LGBTQ+. In Kingston, Jamaica, many ostracised LGBT young people live in makeshift camps outside the city which can be flattened or flooded by hurricanes. LGBTQ plus people are more likely to have trouble crossing borders to escape conflict and disasters, as seen recently in Afghanistan. Through climate justice, we can recognise the roots of climate change are tied up with the roots of multiple oppressions. Capitalism and colonialism fuel climate change, but are also part of the LGBTQ plus oppression. People in the LGBTQ plus community have long recognised the struggles between different groups are connected and created solidarity between them. You may have heard of the lesbians and gays support the minors from the film Pride, or even the modern day group the film inspired, lesbian and gays support the migrants. We can all take small steps to help save our planet. As I mentioned earlier, in Islam being Khalifa, a guardian, 
tells us we should take the necessary steps to ensure this earth is passed on to the next generation as pure form as possible. There is no planet B for us. We've fought so hard for our rights and the rights for future generations. But if there is no earth left, then it was all done in vain. Please follow us on social media at Hadaya LGBT. Thank you for listening. If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, that's a Akon, 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 and the Acon. and the gang. There's like there must be uh, about nine people in that. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> I can never remember them all. No, never. <laughs> Just Akon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good song. It's a beautiful song. It's it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I see what you did there, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cheeky little one. <laughs> um, I loved watching Terry dance to it. To be honest, that gave me a little bit of life. <laughs> Take me back to 2002. To to be able to do something like rap, I couldn't do that at all. And it's a, I cannot imagine yeah. you, MC Andy. Could you just can, will. Can you rap? No, no. not at all. No, but, I think I just singing, rapping, anything to do with my mouth apart from speaking. I just well, we know you can speak exactly. <laughs> I can talk quite a lot, but yeah, like I, I don't. Yeah, I can't. I wasn't given that gift. No, Mm-mm. no, I can't rap. So, however, we do know someone else who can talk, um, and I'm hoping he's going to give us some news headlines. I do hope. So, hello, Terry. Hello. You're Are you ready? Welcome. Yes, I am. This is Shout Out News Headlines on Thursday the 21st of October. Good evening. The LGBTQIA networks of major and minor political parties have united to pay tribute to a Member of Parliament stabbed to death while holding a constituency surgery. Sir David Amos was an opponent of LGBTQIA marriage equality. Nevertheless, the LGBT Conservative group issued a statement saying, taken too soon and brutally murdered in the line of duty, a public servant and dedicated Conservative MP who served his constituents for 38 years. LGBT Labour quoted their party leader Sir Keir Starmer who said let us come together in the face of these terrible events we will show once more that violence intimidation and threats to democracy will never prevail BBC News and other news channels are reporting that the man arrested after the incident appears to have been motivated by religious extremism and the killing of Sir David Amos is being treated as a terrorist related incident You may have read on LGBTQIA newswires recently that some members of Birmingham's gay and trans communities have felt under siege with a spate of homophobic and transphobic attacks. Most recently, a local man called John Paul Kessler was assaulted by an angry and out-of-control heterosexual man wielding a wine bottle. But the love and support that LGBTQIA Brummies have shown for their fellow communities is now being returned as allies across the city start to mobilise to defend the gay village. 
a middle-aged Muslim man called Salman Mirza felt so upset by the anti-gay assaults that he has staged a pro-gay protest in the village which borders upon a largely Muslim Pakistani area of Birmingham. Mr Mirza explained that the gay and trans communities had stood up against the far-right wing when such groups were menacing local Muslims. He told the gay newswire Pink News, Gay people have helped the Muslim community uncompromisingly. They've stood shoulder to shoulder with us, so I am going to stand with them. He continued, I spoke to a few of my friends and we decided to organise a protest to say, These are our streets. Anti-gay people are cowards and bullies. A wide variety of LGBTQIA-supportive Christian organisations, including Quest Gay Catholic Group and One Body, One Faith, supported by liberal and progressive Christians, have launched a survey on how safe congregations feel for LGBTQIA people. The nine organisations that have come together for the purposes of the survey say, Our research is overseen by an independent research academic and aims to gather LGBT plus Christian experiences and perspectives on how safe people feel within the churches where they currently worship. All adult LGBTQIA plus Christians are welcome to complete the survey, which also has comprehensive links to sources of support in case the survey prompts traumatic memories. The link can be found at the Shoutout website. In the United States, Los Angeles to be precise, a demonstration was held on Wednesday at the offices of corporate media giant Netflix. Several members of the organisation's staff took part in the protest, which is against Netflix's alleged profiteering from hate comedians, who the action group Team Trans says are inciting ostracisation or even violence against transgender people. In particular, the release of material by a comic called Dave Chappelle has caused consternation amongst LGBTQI users of Netflix. We shouldn't have to show up quarterly to push back against harmful content that negatively impacts vulnerable communities. Organiser Ashley Marie Preston wrote in a social media post. Instead, she said, we aim to use this moment to shift the social ecology around what Netflix leadership deems ethical entertainment. The independent newspaper added that LGBTQIA stars of Netflix's massive catalogue of productions are in support of Team Trans, and these people include Jamila, sorry, I beg your pardon, Jamila Jamil and Jonathan Van Ness. Now, you may recall that we reported recently on the Hidden Corner Bookshop and Cafe, a local queer and POC book, book place where, um, I beg your pardon, where people could purchase dedicated LGBTQIA and people of colour books. The proprietors of Hidden Corner have been locked out of the building by the landlords and protests have been held because many local people feel the lockout was illegal. Now, the owner of the previous cafe to occupy the site has added his support to the operators of Hidden Corner. Josh Bowker ran the Milk Teeth Fairtrade coffee bar on the site between 2017 and 2020. Mr Bowker corroborated claims by the Hidden Corner owners, Sophia and Aaron, that the landlord has been being unreasonable. Mr Bowker told B247 newspaper, My mental health suffered through running Milk Teeth, principally because of the landlords and not really to do with anything else. A detailed article on the situation and how you can help the Hidden Corner Cafe and Bookshop has appeared on the website of the investigative newspaper The Canary, which was founded by lesbian activist Kerry-Ann Mendoza. The Canary piece we will link to on our news feed.
And finally, LGBTQIA people and science fiction and fantasy have a long history together, and you only need to visit Bristol's independent comic shop Excelsior on Bond Street, not far from Prowler Gay Shop, to see queer comic genius for sale. On television, one of the community's most beloved serials, Doctor Who, returns on Halloween night, Sunday the 31st of October. Jodie Whittaker's first female incarnation of the Doctor is coming to an end of her tenure. After this series, three specials will mark the BBC's 100th anniversary in 2022, and then the Doctor will regenerate into a 14th on-screen incarnation. The new series is six episodes long, and all six will make up a long saga type of story. Doctor Who fan Terry, that's me, said it's great to see Who back on the air on autumn evenings. It brings back memories of Colin Baker and the Sylvester McCoy years, when Doctor Who would be an essential part of the run-up to Christmas. Well, for these new stories, in further detail, and much, much more, we update our website daily. Check out shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shout Out News, this has been Terry Starr. My pronouns are he and him. Shout out news. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Who was that? That's uh, Jamie Jamel and uh, Be The Light. I believe he's listening. Hello, Jamie. I feel like it was very, like, um, moors. Do you know when you want to run along the moors in the mist? <laughs> when was the last time like... you run along the moors? <laughs> I mean... Uh, Especially in the mist. I'm naked. I don't know. Naked? Uh, <laughs> maybe yeah. it might have been in my dreams. Taking it point... to a new level now, Laura. I mean, if... Why not? I was wanted, I want to be one with nature. Uh, but yeah, like, I, it's very, like, I love it. Like, it was really I good. can imagine Jimmy having a fit at the radio at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I just realised that. But, like, no, why not? Like, so it's on, uh, out on Friday. Yeah. Excellent. 22nd. Yeah. I love it. Good track. Uh, anyway, now we are talking uh, films. Would you like to introduce your piece? Um, well, there's not much to say, really, except that Elegance Bratton is a beautiful man inside and out. She says blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's great to talk to. And um, he's got some some great life experience. And you will hear it all right here. Well, it it always makes me feel quite humbled sometimes here on Shout Out when I interview people because there's such a breadth of talent in the LGBTQIA uh, plus community. And our next guest is no exception. Elegance Bratton, who's uh, just released uh, Peer Kids, which is, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you've got a chance in the UK uh, this coming weekend. Elegance, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Really you're, happy to be here. Yeah, you're very welcome. Now, you started filming the the film um, quite a while ago, didn't you? Was it 10 years or more you started uh, the filming? Oh, my God. It was 11 years ago. Now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Was that so you could get build a history to your characters? Yeah. I wanted to... Um, you know, very early in the filming, I was challenged by one of the main participants. Her name is Crystal Labasia, and she told me that in order to tell her story, I had to be her friend. And she felt like 
the way I was making the movie, like I was under some sort of like deadline pressure to have her sum herself up and it didn't make her feel comfortable. It made her feel like, you know, she was something to be studied and not a real person. So once she said that to me, like, you know, you've got to be my friend to tell my story. You've got to be on my side. I realized that I had to approach the film this way with everyone that, and friendship takes time. It takes time to understand how people are the way they are, why they do the things they do. So yeah, I wanted to initially wanted that time. And I also did this film while I was an undergrad in college. So I was you know, spending my first part of the week in classes at Columbia University. And then the second part of my week, I was on the pier with these, these young people, just kind of living however they lived and, and having the camera be there with them. And um, it just meant it would take a, lo- a long time. And that was like the first five or six years, you know, I raised all this money on Kickstarter. And I thought, you know, I would meet the industry would meet me halfway and be like, Oh, wow, this guy raised all this money. And he's got all these, you know, social media followers, and people are really interested in this film. And, you know, let's just give him the rest he needs to finish and we'll have a huge release and everything will be great. And that didn't happen. It actually had to go to master's college at NYU grad film to actually learn how to edit this movie myself because no one was really willing to help me. Um, And then I had to also, you know, so now I have a whole nother degree I'm earning. So when it all came down to it, you know, it was a mixture between wanting to have the time to understand these characters, but also the realities of making a black queer, you know, documentary in, in the climate of, you know, pre-Pose, pre-My House, um, you know, in a world within which, you know, I, I walked into so many really prominent offices and was told that, like, nobody wants to see a movie about poor black trans women. Like, they need to sing, they need to dance, they need to vogue, they need to be in drag, they need to, we need something, you know? And um, I'm really, really happy, proud that, you know, it, it took a while, but... If anything, this film is, if there's anything I want people to learn from the story of this film is that, you know, vision requires perseverance. And I'm really, really grateful for the people around me who kept pushing me to finish this film. Well, um, it was worth it because I watched the the documentary last night, Elegance, and um, it brought me to tears quite a few times, I must tell you. And it is something that, that people really need to go and watch. It, it is a hard watch in places, um, mm. but it is worth the watch. And just it just shows the struggle of of, of trans uh, people of colour and what they have Thank to you. go through. And um, you've captured it so, so well. This whole village is another world inside a world. Homeless youth come to this area because this is what we know as safe zone. This is where we socialize, we mix and mangle. By the summer, I'm definitely going to be in house. I can feel it. The police make it seem like they're going to stop prostitution. And they're homeless, so they, you know, they turn into this lifestyle. Officer, you want to search me? They just don't like it. Ma, all I'm asking you to do is just see me. That's it. I don't know her as Krista. This is my nephew. What's wrong with taking this lifestyle, setting it outside your mother's door? I'm tired of doing that. What would I have done?
Um, oh, thank one, you so one, much. One of the things I took from it, Elegance, is, is uh, some of the things that I also take um, from within the UK, and that religion, um, whether that's Christianity or Islam, um, mm-hmm. has a huge impact in prejudice against mm-hmm. LGBTQIA community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is actually shown in your documentary with the, the aunt and the mum, uh, yes. whereas they see religion is rather than than love um, and it seems in in their world the religion must come first uh, rather right. than the love of what they perceived as their right. son rather than what was in reality their daughter right right yeah religion is you know christianity in particular in the united states for for us is i mean it's an unending culture war. It, it doesn't seem to be a, a, a stopping point to this. And um, unfortunately, I, I always kind of refer to it as a situation of like criminal civic neglect. Like, you know, black folks in America have spent our entire history within this country dealing with white supremacy and oppression and, and, and white supremacy meaning a legal systemic economic apparatus that is meant to delimit and predetermine negative life outcomes for black people and really non-white people as a whole. So when you're up against a, a formidable legal system and you're up against a formidable economic, you know, capitalist system that is just kind of, you know, spitting people out and making them obsolete, where else do you turn but to God? Because you know, people have, you know, the people who are in power have, you know, expressed an, a total disinterest in empowering you. So you have to go to a higher power, you have to go above them. And I think in the process of going to God to solve our the issues of white supremacy, very often, people are their guard is down, and they're more vulnerable, and they don't even realize that the religion that they're consuming as a way to find power within themselves and find faith within themselves is also something that has been concocted by a system, an oppressive system to keep them in their place. And unfortunately, you know, black and brown and, you know, LGBT youth as a whole are kind of left in the undertow. You know, there are 2 million homeless kids in America. And of that 2 million, 40 to 60% of them are LGBTQ youth. And of them, 40 to 60% of them are of color. So, you know, this issue of, 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 one of the reasons I made Peer Kids is to help working class people all over the world do a better job of understanding their queer kids because I feel like I feel like the modern LGBTQ rights movement has left working class people of color behind and has created an argument that requires one to be almost white and middle class to be able to have the kind of economic and systemic space to tolerate difference. We have to understand too, we're in a system where heterosexuality pays. Having kids, getting married, tax breaks, um, you know, all sorts of these things are kind of geared towards the heterosexual and reproduction. And as a result, gay people are kind of left out in the woods, you know? So there's, there's a lot of things informing this religious pressure beyond just people's, uh, faith relationships with God, you know, there are societal systemic uh, benefits to being straight 
that I think are also in conversation with the religious pressure to exclude and oppress queer people. I don't think Blacks are any more predetermined to be homophobic or transphobic than anyone else. I do think that um, Black folks and particularly people of color, you know, like when we, when we, I don't know how the gay marriage movement really situated itself in the UK, but in the United States, you know, the images that were propagated were of, you know, white men, very high earning, very high educated, you know, it, I always call it the Jane Goodall approach, you know, like, yes. so like us, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. you're, we're just like straight people, we get married, we have babies, and we're white, just like, and <laughs> yep. you know what I'm saying, and, and, in the min- and in the meantime, what that does is, it ignores the work that needs to be done to actually teach black households how to understand their queer kids. And that's why I made Peer Kids. So I don't believe that black people are any more likely to be homophobic than whites, but I do believe that the increased kind of consequence of homophobia is just another result of the criminal civic neglect that black people have experienced in you know the United States, but in the Western Hemisphere overall. Now you finished um, Peer Kid. I see you've got um, a new film that you uh, yes. will be releasing soon, Hellfighter, the James Reese Europe uh, story about the African-American jazz pioneer. Uh, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, I, um, I was fortunate enough that I was reached out to by 555 Films and Rainshine Films, uh, uh, both of which are located in the UK. And they had this project about James Reese Europe, who uh, basically was the, 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 the forefront of integrating the United States military during World War One, um, as a leader of the 369th Regimental Band that brought jazz to France. So this man not only was a part of the first group of soldiers to fight in a uniform internationally for the United States, he also was the first person to make black music global by bringing jazz to France. And I think, you know, I, I always say this anecdote around the importance of James Reese Europe. You know, I grew up my whole life, you know, be, hearing that if I wanted to make it, I had to either be a basketball player or a singer. James Reese Europe is one of the people who laid down of that black entertainment class that would make such an anecdote uh, kind of ubiquitous within my, my childhood. Now, you were in the army yourself. How, how did that go for you? Were you out then? I was, you know, my mother always say, you know, you can't hide in plain sight. So it was uh, don't ask, don't tell military that <laughs> yeah. I signed up for in 2005. And I very much went out of my way not to be out in that environment, because if I were to have been out, Legally speaking, they could have kicked me out, and I and I joined the military, you know, after being homeless for ten years. So I didn't really, I, I didn't have anywhere else to go, so I couldn't afford that. That being said, I'm pretty sure everyone knew that I was gay, and um, so it was a complicated experience. My other, I have another film I'm working on with A24 and Game Changer called The Inspection, a fiction film that I wrote and directed about a homeless queer kid who joins the Marine Corps and ends up falling in love with his drill instructor and having to hide it. Um, so yeah, like I think everyone, it, it was complicated because on one end I got the camaraderie of the military. I, you know, as a queer person, a homeless queer person, chosen family had been my way of surviving. But when you're making chosen family with other homeless people, everybody's in a situation of neglect and want. 
So it's very hard for us to lift each other up. Very often we're treading water. Joining the Marine Corps was my first time with a chosen family that actually, you know, I got a college education out of it. I got three meals in a, in a day and a, a warm place to lay my head at night. And I got skill sets and I, got, I discovered filmmaking. So on that end, I'm really grateful for my military experience. However, you know, not being able to be out, I didn't have a, a, a lover at that time when I was in the military. It had really detrimental effects on my psycho my psychological well-being. And I have a lot of PTSD from the bullying that I had to deal with because people knew that I was gay, but they also knew that I couldn't defend myself against homophobic attacks. And I got picked on quite a bit. Um, so it's a mixed bag. I definitely deal with a lot of like, you know, psychological trauma from the time that I went in, but I'm also grateful for the life-changing family that it gave me. How do you feel about your life now, Elegance? Are you, are you happy um, and stable yeah. of your future? You seem that your talent is extremely uh, good um, with your filmmaking and that. And it it's seems to be going in a very, very positive direction. So do you feel that within your life and the people around yeah. you? I'm so happy and so fulfilled. I'm married to the love of my life. We just purchased our first house um, and I did this, you know, making movies um, and TV shows. So, uh, you know, I, I always joke around that my 13 year old self would be really, 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 really happy with where my adult self ended up at. Mm. Um, uh, that being said, I do feel, you know, so blessed to be in the position that I'm in. And I, Peer Kids was, Peer Kids came out of a desire to find, like, I guess if there's any message I want to give to LGBTQ people, and especially the youth listening, especially youth who are going through things like I've been through, it's like, your life experience is your wealth. I spent a lot of my adult life being ashamed of myself for my sexuality, being ashamed of myself for being homeless, and when I got to Columbia University in my 30s, I looked around and I saw all these like 17 and 18 year olds for whom a place like Columbia, like Ivy League education, was just the next step in their lives. It was not a huge aspirational goal. And more importantly, I'd spent my life up to that point in a money obsession, right? How do I get money to survive? You know, how do I have enough money to eat, have enough money to live somewhere for the night? Da, 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 da. And then I got to Columbia and I met people for whom money was not an issue. They had capital. You know, these are the children of the, 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 the what do you call it? The rulers of the world, they're the ruling class of the world. And they had capital and that capital gave them privilege and gave them security and confidence in college. And I tried to go to college at least a dozen times prior to this and I always dropped out because I'd meet these kids who had this privilege and I was like, I don't belong here. And I realized in that moment that my life history was my capital. Where I come from, the fact and what I've overcome is my capital. And that's what I would say to any, you know, LGBTQ person who's yearning for a certain type of happiness and fulfillment from they're living their authentic lives and their authentic truths understand that you have nothing to be ashamed of for being who you are and that everything that the world tells you makes you weak is actually what makes you strong it's actually what makes you indispensable and we need you to tell your story we need you to find your confidence in your journey because once you do 
you'll be an example to someone else. And if we are, if we all become this positive example for one another, we'll all lift each other up, no matter where we are in the world. Fantastic words, elegance. Um, unfortunately, we've run right out of time, but it's been brilliant chatting to you. And um, yeah, people are people are going to watch your film and listen to this interview, and you are going to have an effect on a lot of people. Oh my God! Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words and for making space for my film and for me. I I can't tell you how many times I've had imaginary interviews with. British journalist before, so to have one in real life makes me feel <laughs> very validated. <laughs> well, we we do go out on um, twelve stations, and we will tag you when it goes out, elegance. And uh, please keep in touch. Um, love to know what's going to be going on in your future, and uh, hopefully you'll come back on very soon um, and tell to. us about another successful story, um, as I'm sure Peer Kids will be. Oh, thank you so much. This has really been great. A dream come true. Have a wonderful day. And you, Elegance. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. Uh, that's the boy from Manchester. Manchester. If you like that and song. that's called uh, Younger. Mm. Oh, the, uh, sorry, that's by Younger, Wait, not so, called Younger. It's, okay, by Younger. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, called the boy from Manchester. Sorry. <laughs> Is he from Manchester? I hope so. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't like football and he doesn't like this. I thought it was quite quite fitting, you know. Mm, no, honestly, <coughs> I, to the words. I'm still a bit like... You're a bit emotional after that interview, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't... Yeah, I just... Yeah, Very when good I, interview. Uh, lo- lovely to um, um, uh, get get to speak to um, Elegance there, so hi if you listen. Yeah, he's so wise, mm. isn't he? Yeah. And um, he taught me a lot uh, about the interaction between uh, the black community and religion. Um, it's and, insane um, that one. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you, that that man is going to educate a lot of people, and it, it's it was it brought me to. I did the interview, <laughs> and it still brought me to tears again. <laughs> this is what I love about film. It, it transcends our like. It's not writing. It's like it 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 goes into your brain without you re- even realizing mm. it. And he, the words that he was saying about. Um, yeah the religion being uh, like a crutch for a lot of black people because we didn't have a lot of other things to rely on we didn't have if god was going to save us and at least we had that you know it was to look above and that i i yeah i didn't i'd never really put that into words and it's something that i needed to to hear because it feels like it's in your head when you're um, well, he did it so eloquently, didn't he? he did. I, mean, it's, uh, I admire him so much. I would love to work with him at least once in my life uh, because honestly, 
it, that was powerful and I cannot wait to see Pia Kiss because I know what it's going to be like it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me want to cry I um, did at least three times I, I just, cried and um, I'll, have to, I'll have to it's heartbreaking have to and you think the struggle and you think what a, a lovely life I've had up to that yeah I've struggled mm. because I'm trans but my family supported me um, and you do take that hit but com- when you watch Peer Kids, you realise what the black community have to take. See, I wouldn't. I'm not going to get. I, I wouldn't get upset. I'd get. I get frustrated. It's like any mm. slavery, any apartheid, any like civil rights movement um, thing. I get frustrated because I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> it's because mm. of the colour of our skin, because of our social economic backgrounds. Like, how dare you do that to us? And it's that inability to change it for your own people. Yes. For you, for the people that you know the most you want to live a happy and fulfilled life but hearing the fact that he moved from that life into where he's now got the love of his life and I they're buying right. a house mm-hmm. and yeah. oh can I point out when, when, when he said that although the microphone you know, everyone in the studio went oh yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, not even, it's not even the love of the life it's just to be surrounded by love and not yeah. to constantly think about where's the next check coming in and where am I going to eat and where am I going to sleep like yeah. that we yeah we I am privileged we take that so for granted mm. when we when we have a house and home and support a, support a family yes. and mm. I'm just glad that he's He's a, a brilliant story. Um, in alone. Well, we'll have to get you to watch a movie, and you can tell us what oh, you think yeah. of that too. I definitely will. I need so. some passcodes. I need some <laughs> access. Like anything you got, give it to me. <laughs> so now, uh, completely uh, slightly off topic. Although we are running out of time, uh, we did very quickly want to talk about needle spiking, didn't we? Yeah, uh, which seems to be becoming quite an um, issue, especially here in Bristol. What's yeah, um, it was on National Breakfast Telly this morning on BBC, and uh, they were doing. Report that was um, around the uni area, so around Queen's, um, Queen, the Triangle in Clifton, yeah. and um, there's a lot of young girls up there who've have been needled, and they're starting to wear thick. Th- well, I haven't heard of it either, like No, in, in short, Somebody's basically, they're sticking being, them with. You, you know what it is to be spiked with a drink. Yeah, it's a bit like that, but it's directly with a with a needle. Well, literally, someone yeah. comes up and stab yes. you with a, a syringe. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't deal with this anymore. In a club. I'm sorry. I feel. Oh. There's a strike going to be going on on um, next Wednesday, where all the clubs in the country are going to be boycotted. Well, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, no more needles, so, uh, please. So yeah, but uh, yeah, something, something we'll talk about in more detail another time. But uh, for now, though, that's it for this week. As always, uh, we'll be back same time, same place uh, next week with another packed show. In the meantime, check us out and catch up uh, with our podcast on uh, shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, next week, guess what? It's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, join us for that from myself from Steph from Terry from uh, Lara from Tara from Andy and the rest of the team say bye bye everyone goodbye shout out LGBT radio for you